Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, June 8th. Today on the show, the Vols find out their opponent for Super Regional play. Vanderbilt is right back where it belongs in the Supers, but isn't exactly acting like it. But we begin talking Julio Jones and expectations for the Titans with Zach Lyons, host of Football and Other F-Words podcast and the voice of the Titans fan base. But of course, the 440 is brought to you every single day by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Go look at their work. It will not disappoint you. They've been doing it for over a decade. It is why they are Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. I'm not telling you you need to go spend a whole lot of money and invest in your home today, this weekend. But just remember the name, the Kingston Group, because when you are ready to do that, you're going to want to make sure you have a trusted name that not only makes you happy and gives you what you want out of your home, but also makes you some money as well. BuildKG.com is the website. That's the Kingston Group. Don't forget that name, folks. Zach Lyons is the host of the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media right here on the 440 Sports Network. And in my humble opinion, he speaks for the entire Titans fan base. He represents the most passionate of two-tone blue fans. And so, of course, I had to ask him about what expectations should be for this Titans team in 2021 and exactly how he's feeling right now. Zach, first of all, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. We do appreciate it. It's great to see you. Just how aroused are you right now as a Tennessee Titans fan that Julio Jones has come to Nashville? I should have probably called a doctor about seven hours ago uh, because this this erection is not going anywhere. I am fully <laughs> aroused. There is nothing about this trade that I don't really like. I mean, I may have like a minor gripe here and there as far as I would have just rather given up one draft pick, maybe the first. But who cares? It's Julio Jones, and that's really all that matters in the big scheme of things is that at the end of the day, Julio Jones is in two-tone blue. There's a chance that he may retire a Titan and finish out his career here. I mean, he's already 11 years in, into into his uh, NFL career. I mean, what's not to love? This isn't like getting Andre Johnson. This isn't getting Randy Moss. This is this is Julio Jones, and it's not even Jadavion Clowney. Julio freaking Jones is a Tennessee Titan. Like, it's a, it's a wild thing to say. It actually is very much a wild thing to say. So g- give me a sense of... All right, we're all back in love with John Robinson now, number one, as right. fans, right? And and expectations, though, are now higher, right? Like, we're not – John Robinson doing this doesn't make it easier on himself. It actually elevates the expectations for the fan base. I, I said on football and other F-words this morning when we recorded, it's Super Bowl or bust for for, for me. I mean, you know, before this trade, I'm looking at the Ten- at Tennessee Titans team that maybe wins the division, that maybe makes the playoffs – and was I confident that they were going to do anything once they got into the playoffs? No. Julio Jones changes everything for that perspective. I mean, obviously the Titans' expectation is Super Bowl, right? I mean, they make this move. They know it's a going to be a little tricky cap math that they're going to have to do, and they're going to have to push off money for the future. But they obviously view this team right now good enough to be a Super Bowl contender with Julio Jones. And – Fans need to get on board and and utter the words Super Bowl contender. The Titans are Super Bowl contenders, and I think this is the first time you can really say this before a season has started. And last year, the expectations were at least the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl, right? And and some people are happy. And like I'm not knocking 
fans for having different levels of expectations or viewing different levels of success. I, I, I was raised to be a very competitive person. I may not be allowed to play Uno much longer at my (laughs) in-laws house because I'm too competitive, but I, I view it last year as a disappointment. My personal view, disappointment. Great. They won the AFC South, but they got kicked out of the playoffs way too early at their first home playoff game. Now is the time to take that step and take that leap. And I think it, I think with Julio Jones, fans have to realize it's Super Bowl or bust. Like that, these next two years need to be a Super Bowl ring brought to Nashville. Expectations are good in sports. That's sort of the whole point of playing the game. Zach, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. You can catch him all over football and other F words at F words, of course, uh, on the Twitter there as well. Broadway Sports Media. Great stuff as usual, man. Always appreciate talking to you. Hey, thanks for having us on. So I do not believe that the Tennessee Titans are the prohibitive favorite in the AFC. I do not think they're one of the best two or three teams in the AFC. But I do agree with Zach that expectations for this team should be to get to the Super Bowl. And if you're in the game, well, then you can win the game. So I agree with him. I think fans should be talking about the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is the whole point of making the Julio Jones trade. It's the whole point of restructuring contracts and kicking the salary cap can down the road is to win a championship. So I agree. While I'm not picking them to do it, and they won't be favored to do it, it doesn't mean that the fans should not hold very high expectations for this Tennessee Titans team in 2021. Late Sunday night with their own Grand Slam, Vanderbilt advanced to their fourth consecutive Super Regional with a thrilling extra inning win over Georgia Tech. It is Tim Corbin and the Commodores' ninth Super Regional in their last 11 seasons, if you don't count the canceled COVID tournament of last year. Four of those eight Super Regionals have ended with Vanderbilt boarding a plane for the College World Series. East Carolina won its Greenville Regional relatively easily and will visit Nashville next weekend with a trip to Omaha on the line. ECU is 44-15 and and one of the better mid-major programs in college baseball. They've made the NCAA tournament 16 times since 2000 and have made it to the Supers in three of their last five tournaments. However, the Pirates are 0-6 all-time in Super Regional action and have never broken through to the College World Series. East Carolina is ranked 12th in the nation by D1 Baseball, and one has to assume that this team will finally get to Omaha at some point. But I don't see it happening against this Vanderbilt team. The Doors should be a heavy favorite to get back to the CWS once again. Which brings us to the Vanderbilt fan base and their behavior recently. God-awful whistling that forces me to mute the game aside, getting into petty Twitter fights about coverage or attention or whatever else you're pissed about with the Tennessee fan base is just a bad look. You are arguably the program of the last decade in all of college baseball. You're the Alabama of the college diamond with two national titles and all of the aforementioned trips to the College World Series. You have been there and done that, so act like you've been there before and not like the little brother, because you're not. You're the big brother for once. Big Orange has not been there, so they don't know how to act like it, nor should they. So when something like a walk-off Grand Slam turns a loser's bracket into a regional championship in the matter of seconds after 15 years of pain and suffering, let people celebrate. I know you don't know how to do this in other sports, but in baseball, you are the wealthy elite, the establishment, the big 900-pound gorilla in the room. When you've been that good for that long, I'm sorry, you do have to act like you've been there before. It is a very small price you have to pay for all of the winning. You've been invited to the classiest cocktail party in the game for almost two decades. You know how to behave in a sophisticated and classy manner. 
Don't let the mullet-losing drunken idiot who snuck into the party for the first time change your behavior, all right? Just handle your business, ignore the noise, and listen to Dr. Rick. We all see it. We all see it. He's Blair. Okay. Blue. You don't have to point out the blue hair with every tweet. It reeks of middle-aged paranoia. So the Tennessee Volunteers will face the LSU Tigers, a fellow SEC cohort, in super regional action coming up this weekend. And I don't like it one bit. LSU beat Oregon in Game 7 of the regional final out in Eugene and upset the Ducks to advance to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And now we'll come to Knoxville with a chance to go to Omaha if they beat Tennessee twice. Here's the problem with LSU. They're not as good as Oregon, and they're not as good as Tennessee. But they are super familiar with Knoxville, with the stadium, with the atmosphere. They are very familiar with the team. And we're going to have to deal with questions about Tony Vitello being interested in the LSU job the entire week. None of that exists with the Oregon Ducks. Oregon doesn't know anything about Lindsey Nelson Stadium. There's no history there. They didn't come to town and get beat and then complain about something in the press conference. Their historically, epically awesome head coach isn't retiring at the end of the year. There are a lot of things at play for LSU. And if I'm a Tennessee fan, I am disappointed to see LSU coming to town and far more nervous than if the Oregon Ducks had won their regional. It doesn't mean that Tennessee's still not good enough to win. They are the better team. They should be favored to beat LSU in the Super Regional this weekend. But I, I think this series got a whole lot trickier and a whole lot more difficult with LSU coming to town than with Oregon. Maybe that's just the Tennessee cynic inside of me, but that's how this feels. There's a lot of stuff at play with LSU, none of which would have existed had the Oregon Ducks handled their business. A reminder that the 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are a Nashville-owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. You've heard it a million times from me before. They will do everything in their power to make sure that they deliver exactly what they promise you on time and on budget. And I'm not really sure what else you need to know about a company that's going to work on your home. This is your home we're talking about. So check out the website, buildkg.com. The Kingston Group, my family uses them. You should too, buildkg.com. Of course, thank you guys all for listening to the show. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter, and Facebook at 440 Media on IG. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show. Just tell a couple of people about it. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group's website, of course, buildkg.com, and obviously Club and Country Podcast coming out on Tuesday. Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan always doing great work there, so make sure you check that out as well. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, June 8th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.